No. Yes. Man, it works every time. Yeah. Hey, Flex Bros. There's still time to qualify for this month's giveaway. We're giving away a tub of ghost amino acids. Uh, you get to choose the flavor. To qualify, just send me your prediction on where Cam Newton is going to land. So Cam swears that the Panthers gave up on him, but we all know there's one team out there that hasn't given up on him yet. So send that prediction, and then uh, sit back as uh, we talk about all the guys you've been wondering about, Andy Isabella, Brian Hill, and more. How's it going? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Good Good to meet you in person on the phone. <laughs> yeah, in person on the phone, yeah. <laughs> cool. How's the uh, the barn building going? Or the uh, – what are you building in the barn? A bar? Yeah, I'm building a bar in my barn. All right. Are you going to be allowed to have more than 10 people in that bar? Well, it, I won't have a liquor license, so what are they going to do? Take my liquor yeah. license away? <laughs> It'd be like yeah, a party. Well, yeah, so you can't invite everybody from a twelve-man league, but a ten-man league, you could uh, you could invite everybody. <laughs> well, if the cops show up, we'll just hide two people. Yeah, that that works. I, I think the I think the cops don't want to put themselves in that position either, though. So I yeah, think, I agree. I this, I is, so this is a good time to invest in a uh, a barn bar. So <laughs> good call. Well, I'm excited to have both of you guys on here. This is our first show with uh, more than just two people. So hopefully we don't catch ourselves interrupting each other too much. So hopefully there's not too much lag. But uh, I know Tom's got some stuff prepared he wanted to get into. I've got a couple of things. And then, uh, Sam, I, I always like hearing what, what you've got to bring to the table, too. So who uh, who wants to go first? Well, I'll let I'll, I'll, you you guys uh, take the lead. I'll I'll uh, I'll throw my uh, my stuff in whenever it's um, called upon. Okay. Uh, well, I, I got one thing real quick, so I'll hop into that. Um, we we do still have a few more open rosters in the the sixteen man sixteen dollar guillotine league. I, I saw Sam uh, left that league, but then he he saw the price was just too good, so he, he came crawling back. So I'm excited <laughs> to have you in that one, Sam. Yeah, I, I couldn't stay out. <laughs> and then, yeah, well, it, what else are you going to do with your twelve hundred dollar government check? I mean, that's you got you got to reinvest it into the the fantasy economy. So, <laughs> uh, well, so all I had was the uh, birthday segment. So this this weekend we we got a a birthday, and it's Mr. Derek Carr. So Saturday the twenty eighth. I I don't know how old he's turning, but I know he's not a young pup anymore. But what's what do you guys think uh, Derek Carr is hoping for for his birthday? I I know it couldn't have been to have Mariota show up <laughs> that's what, there. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, he was hoping that Mariota got cut or didn't pass his physical or something. Yeah, he's he's hoping for a Mariota injury on on his way over to the uh, L.A. Raiders. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of uh, projections that the Raiders are going to use one of their early picks on a wide receiver, and and I think that's totally accurate. Uh, they, they didn't really find anybody to step into that uh, boom bust Amari Cooper role that they had grown so accustomed to. <laughs> so, do do you guys have any uh, predictions on on who the Raiders are going to take early? 
I, I think they'll uh, they'll try to get uh, CD Lamb. So I, I think with the, them uh, moving to um, uh, Las Vegas, they want to try to build that brand and sell a lot of jerseys. And I don't think there's too many people rushing out to get those Tyrell Williams or uh, Hunter Renfro. As much as I love the guy, he's he's just, he's not a a wide receiver one. So they they got to get get somebody in there who can possibly be the the next Julio Jones for their team and uh, bring uh, bring more more ticket sales. Yeah, yeah, I, I was gonna say CD Lamb as well. Nice. All right, cool. Well, happy birthday, Derek Carr. If uh, you're still starting week one, you might find yourself with a, a CD Lamb to uh, throw some four yard four yard or six yard passes to, because we we know he doesn't like to go too far down the field. Uh, <laughs> hey, CD Lamb makes those into touchdowns. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And yeah, I think Amari Cooper might have taken a couple of those ones to the house back in the day as well it inflating Derek Carr's numbers um well well Sam what do you what do you got for us tonight so I, I know uh Tom wanted to talk about about that uh new and improved Cardinals wide receiver core <laughs> and and yeah. it, it might come to us a, a surprise as I, how high I've been on Hakeem Butler that I think Andy Isabella is the young guy to go for now in that group yeah. yeah, I I would I would agree with that. I think they can put both Kirk and Hopkins on the outside, and mm-hmm. uh, and Fitzgerald, of course, is going to be on the inside as well. So that's going to leave Andy Isabella, the the speedster with the number four DB or the number five if they're really trying to shut down Hopkins. And I right. I to- I totally agree. And I've I've got Isabella in a handful of dynasty leagues, so I'm excited to to hear that. Um, so going going back to uh, previous um, rookie drafts from last season, where, where did you guys see um, Hakeem Butler getting drafted? Was he like a second or a third round guy? Um, I want to say I think he was a late second. I think early, early, um, if if there were any drafts being done before the uh, before the actual NFL draft, I think <clears throat> some people had him ranked inside their like top five wide receivers. But after he fell in the draft uh, behind Isabella as well in Arizona, he was taken after him. He, I, I think a lot of people kind of lost the hope. But uh, people like like Sam Fitz saw that he could be used as a red zone target. And um, obviously his injury held him back from getting on the field. Uh, but now now that Hopkins is there, I think Hopkins is going to be the, the red zone guy. I think he's due for double-digit touchdowns and um, – that that's that really just takes away any opportunity that Butler had. Yeah, I was I was definitely upset when I saw the trade. I thought for sure that they would at least that Houston would trade for one of those young wide receivers, and it it kind of put a a damper on my day when I saw they didn't. But yeah, because I think Akeem Butler would be a good fit on that Houston in the Houston wide receiver core because they don't really have anybody that they have. Randall Cobb, who can't go past four or five yards now, and Kenny Stills and Will Fuller, who are pretty similar receivers. Yeah, and uh, I, I gotta, I gotta admit, uh, Sam, I'll, I'll call you uh, Bengals Sam, since, uh, since, since you're, you're called Sam, <laughs> we, get, we gotta figure out how to distinguish the two. Uh, but I, I was, I was pretty low on 
um, Hakeem Butler, but after hearing your take about him kind of being that red zone threat before the Hopkins trade, I, I got a little excited, and I, I went out and made some offers for Hakeem Butler, and now I'm glad that all those those offers got rejected because I feel like that role that you were talking about is exactly why they went and got DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, the, the Cardinals got inside the, the red zone a lot last season, and they, they just settled for a lot of field goals. So now I, I feel like they, they got that player that they're just they're just going to throw it up to him and let him come down with, with all those touchdowns. 100%. All right, so um, if you owned Hakeem Butler, what would you be selling him for right now? I, I, you can't. There's nothing. I don't think anybody would give me anything back for him. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd probably just hold on to him and hope that, knock on wood, somebody gets hurt. That's terrible to say, but I don't know where. I don't know what else he would. I don't think he had any have has any other value. Yeah, unless he goes to a different team. Uh, it's too it's just too crowded of a core. Yeah, I think I think I think Holden right now is is, is a good call because yeah, you're not going to be able to trade him for anything else. So I think we can we can all agree Keyshawn Johnson is already dead. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, agreed. agreed. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's no value there. And then um, so if I had Andy Isabella, I think I would actually be trading, trying to trade him with a fourth to get back into that third round. You guys uh, think he's, he's worth more than that third round pick right now. Yeah, I, I think he's, I think he's worth a third um, people that uh, see his, his uh, draft capital. He, he was taken in the second round by uh, an offense that is, is really trying to prove something. And they're, they're eventually with that air raid offense, they are going to try to force the ball down the field. So I think he's still got opportunity. So yeah, if you could if you could uh, get a third round pick for him, I think that that's where I think that's about where he'd be going if he was coming into the league this year, uh, just with such a deep wide receiver core. Cool. So with the um, let's just call it the uh, like the three out three. So the the number twenty seven pick in uh, this upcoming rookie draft. Would you rather have? Um, uh, Isabella, or would you would you want to take a shot at another wide receiver or running back at that point? Do you think? Uh, for for me, as much as I love Isabella, uh, I I love those early third and and the second round picks in rookie drafts. So I'd be more interested to see who falls to me. Uh, maybe maybe a, a top twelve running back or a top five or six quarterback might kind of fall to that area. So I'd, I'd probably hold on to that 303, but I think that's that's pretty much where, where I'd put Isabella at with his uh, opportunity now. And he might be one year away if, if this is uh, Fitzgerald's last season. Uh, he holds down that slot role, but if he if he leaves town and then uh, Kirk and Hopkins stay on the outside, then we might be looking at Isabella as the, the primary slot guy. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Go, go, go ahead, Bengals insider Sam. <laughs> um, I think that I would probably keep Isabella for the three hundred three. Right, right now, obviously there could be somebody I love at the three hundred three if it came to that that time in the draft. But um, I think that actually next year he might he might be the outside guy, like the Deshaun Jackson role, just take the top off the defense. And Kirk will be moved inside if Fitzgerald's gone. I think that's a good role for Isabella. Yeah, I think I think Christian Kirk 
definitely had a lot more success his rookie year when he was playing more in the slot, and they kind of tested him out to see if he could be that that wide receiver one this year. So I, I, I agree. I think I think Kirk's going to be a slot guy, and then uh, yeah, it, Isabella, if he can get three to five deep shots a game and convert one or two of those into a fifty-plus yard catch or get a touchdown in there, then then yeah, he could be he could be the next Deshaun. Well, we've we've spent quite a bit of time talking about Andy Isabella. This was uh, <laughs> unexpected. Yeah. Um, but so I'll, I'll send this over to the, the Bengals insider. If hypothetically you were playing in a, in a 16 man dynasty league and, and you had the, you had the two sixteen, uh, would you be trading the two sixteen for Andy Isabella? <laughs> I think, I think I might. Okay. Well, that 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 offer might be in your inbox. Hypothetically, later, so. Hi- hypothetically, it <laughs> might it might you might find that later. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, moving on from uh, that very specific question, uh, let's let's talk about the the Melvin Gordon signing, and uh, more specifically, Royce Freeman and, and Philip Lindsay. So I think we we all kind of know Melvin Gordon, uh, where he's at in uh, his career. He's kind of kind of tapering off towards the end so he's more of an, an rb2 he's no longer seen as as a, an rb1 but i think a lot of people that own royce freeman or philip Lindsay, they, they want to know what they're supposed to do with with those guys well I, i'm excited you brought this up because i've been in trade talks the last couple of days in a league where i have melvin gordon and I, I'm, I'm not going to trade him but i'm definitely interested in acquiring uh Lindsay as the handcuff so this is a this is a twelve man two QB league, and um, I, I have the two hundred one, two hundred two, and the two hundred seven. And so the the Philip Lindsay owner he actually just sent me a message a couple of minutes ago, asking if I'd be interested in trading away the two hundred seven for Philip Lindsay. Um, what what do you what do you guys think is the two hundred seven a fair a, f- a fair value um, for for Lindsay or should I try to Try to lowball him with the with the three oh seven. I think I, I would take that offer. Okay. I, I agree. I would take the offer too. Okay. You you'd trade away the two oh seven to get Lindsay if you had Melvin Gordon? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that that's kind of what I was thinking too. I mean, Lindsay has finished uh inside what the top twenty or fifteen and then twenty uh his first couple of seasons. So I I I think the I think the value's there. So all right. Well I'm gonna you guys talk for a minute. I'm going to send this guy a message before he uh, gets, gets too smart, and we'll see if I can get this trade done on air. All right. Well, yeah, before before we release this and he hears it. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm, I'm glad we can uh, help your your fantasy team tonight. That's uh, that's definitely our goal doing doing the show tonight. Uh, but uh, my my take on on Royce Freeman, he's definitely the uh, the third running back in this committee right now. But going back to that 303 pick or mid-range third or, or late third round pick if i could acquire royce freeman right now i think that he um, is is actually somebody that uh, a, a real fantasy or real nfl team might try to trade for if there's an injury in the preseason i mean he he's a very productive back in college i and from everything that i've seen i actually think he's a very talented running back so um, i think i would give up the third round pick for Royce Freeman right now. I don't know if people would think that that's kind of a low ball offer, but I don't think I'd be giving up a second. Um, and then, and then just kind of cross your fingers that, that this guy goes to a good situation. He, he's, he's a, a small, uh, big or a, a short stocky running back. Who's 
good on the goal line, and and he's he's pretty decent as a receiver too. So I I I like him if he ends up going to another team. I I agree one hundred percent. I was kind of sad when I saw uh, the news of Melvin Gordon signing with Denver because I really I really do like Royce Freeman, but I always stay away from Philip Lindsay no matter where I'm at because I, I don't know why. I know he's super productive, but I think it's just because I I like the production that Royce Freeman had and I like the potential that he had. Yeah, but he's just had a bad injury his his first year and. Philip Lindsay kind of just took over while he wasn't on yeah, the field. Yeah, that, that injury to Royce Freeman def, definitely hurt his uh, his value. And then uh, I, I think everybody, including myself, is just kind of waiting for that that other shoe to drop with with Philip Lindsay, with, with how small the back he is, and and his his running style. Like he just does not seem like the, the kind of running back who's who's going to last more than maybe maybe three or four seasons. I I, I thought he was going to be a bust last year, so I got to give him props for putting up another great fantasy season in, in year two, but. For for long term, right. I just don't think he's gonna hold up. He's gonna if he if he wants to stay in the league, he's gonna have to like transform his game into like a Danny hit Danny Woodhead yeah. type of game. Yep. For for him to stay in the in the league, I think. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll jump back in here. So um, I I just told him I'll accept <laughs> if he sends it over. So if he sends it, I'll let you guys know when I hit accept. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> he finished his rookie season as RB thirteen. So the highest uh, RB2 you can end at. And then <clears throat> last last year he finished with just 30 last points at uh, RB19. So he's he's proven to be an RB2, but at that at that rate that he drops from 13 to 19 and with all the talent coming in, yeah, we could see him fall down to like 25 where then he's just a flex guy. Um, but I, I'd be happy, I'd be more than happy to lock him up as the Melvin Gordon owner. So I think that's I think that's the teams that should be targeting this guy is anybody that's concerned that now now that melvin gordon got paid if he uh pulls his hammy or if he's not feeling 100 percent, he he might take off a game or two yeah i, I don't really have yeah. anything else to add to the the denver backfield you guys got anything else no no i think i'm I think that's pretty much all i got on yep. there yeah i i would be avoiding if i didn't own gordon before he went there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> agreed <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I kind of like talking, um, swapping uh, players and um, and draft picks to, to kind of move up in the draft. So I've got I've got two more players. Uh, last night we talked about moving from the third round to the second round. Um, so I, I had to pull a Bill O'Brien and, and try to one up to Sam. So um, this is the uh, trading a second round and this player for a first round. Um, so so we uh, we don't have to kind of talk back and forth like is this the the 101 or the, the 112 so we'll, we'll just call this like the the 107 so a mid-tier um first round pick so w- would you guys rather have um the 107 or austin hooper and the 207 the 107 yeah yeah the, the 107 those top yeah. those top 10 picks especially this year uh yeah i'll i'll I, if I had a couple of uh, second round picks, it, I like if if I owned Austin Hooper, I would trade him and two or three second round picks to move up to the the one hundred and seven. I think that's that's how valuable those guys are going to be. Yeah, I I think uh, I, I'm 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 with both of you as well, and I guess I 
saying it out loud now it kind of seems like a, a dumb question because I don't even think it's it's that close. But I, I think Austin Hooper's value has just plummeted so far down uh, on, on a run, run first offense. But if you could sell um, a different owner that, hey, Austin Hooper was the tight end one before he got hurt. He just got paid all this money. He's he's going to take over the Jarvis Landry role, and they're going to throw everything his way. Um, if you could, if you could try to, try to sell that, but I just I, I think everybody's probably catching on that Austin Hooper is going to be an outside top ten tight end next season. If you have Austin Hooper, I'd be selling everywhere. Yeah. Unless unless this week David and Joku gets traded somewhere else, I just don't think he has any like realistic value that he's not going to be that tight end one anymore. I think, I think I'd rather have Hayden Hurst than Austin Hooper, yeah, honestly. I, I, I agree. Um, so uh, where was I going to go with that? So I think this one might be a, a little bit tougher for you guys, uh, but would you rather have carry on Johnson and the two Oh seven or the one Oh seven? Ooh, I, I, I'd, oh, I'd still take the 107. I I have a feeling one of these top five backs is going to get stuck in Detroit. I think uh, Patricia's still trying to establish the run and, and win with defense, and Carrion hasn't been able to finish uh, the last few seasons. So I, I think they're going to try to address that position, and it's going to turn into a really unproductive timeshare. So give me the 107 where I can take – one of the running backs that doesn't end up in Detroit uh, over uh, 207, which might not be very valuable uh, paired with uh, a running back that that probably isn't going to produce higher than RB20 for the rest of his career. Uh, That's close for me. I think I might, I might take the carry on side because you could still get a pretty, pretty valuable receiver especially in a super flex league at the 207 and carry on I don't carry on just if he could stay healthy he's a he's a pretty solid wide receiver or running back too sorry wide receiver yeah I'm I uh, Uh, I'm I'm pretty pretty torn um I think right now just since we're um so close to the the actual NFL draft I think his picks are at an all-time um, peak in value, so I think I'd be leaning towards the 107, just because uh, um, one one of the most overlooked things with with uh, dynasty leagues and well, fantasy football in general is weeks 14 through 16 are so important. I mean, if you if you make it to the to the playoffs and you lose in in week one, then that doesn't really do you any favors. So I I, I kind of want to get more durable at running back, but. There's been running backs in the past, like Frank Gore, that were labeled injury prone, and then they just kind of, kind of get uh, injured until they're not. Um, so I, I think. You mean the guy that's never yeah, dies? Right. He's still he, he's still around, but he he got injured a lot in his first couple seasons. I know we were we were probably too young to be watching football at that point, but um, yeah, he didn't have the the most solid uh, start to his career. But uh, I I ran I met Clinton Portis. Uh, this past, uh, I don't know, yeah. November. And Clinton Portis was Frank Gore's backup <laughs> at Miami. Then Frank Gore got drafted. And then Clinton Portis came into the league. And then he got out of the league like five years ago. And Frank Gore's yeah. still playing. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, what is he going to be, like 37 this year? I, I think 37. 37 or 38. 
yeah, yeah. For, for for running back that's incredible oh, so i guess that we'll, we'll we'll call that one call that one a tie um uh, you guys have any any closing thoughts on on carry on or uh, moving up in the draft uh no for me i think if i had carry on i think i'd be comfortable trading him for a top eight pick coming up um, I, i'd much rather just try to trade him in for the for the upside i think we've seen um kind of how high his ceiling is and they, i don't know I'm, I'm just not very high on detroit lions players right now uh just with with the last few seasons the way that things have gone and I, i'd rather try to shoot for the upside and see see where one of these other guys lands Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, so uh, my next uh, question for you guys: Are there any players that you're trying to buy low right now? So this could be somebody like Ty Johnson, who uh, like week five or six had the opportunity to be the the bell cow back, and then just kind of fumbled that that opportunity away. away. So people dropped him everywhere. Uh, is, there, is there somebody that's still near and dear to your heart that uh, that you think might actually? Have have some value for you in the twenty twenty season. Oh. The first player that comes to my mind is one that we've that Sam and I have talked about a few times is is Paris Campbell, and we talked about how the perfect scenario for him would be Philip Rivers signing it in Indy, and Philip Rivers signed in Indy, and I think that that Paris Campbell definitely has that that uh, short twitch he's that short twitch receiver he catches those slants inside and take makes big plays out of him he did it at Ohio State for three years and I think that he's a the perfect receiver compliment for Philip Rivers yeah I, I like I like the the call that he he definitely didn't do anything his uh his rookie season so he might get have the opportunity to go by low there and uh um Philip Rivers Signing the the one year deal, it, it um and his arm definitely isn't, isn't what it used to be. So he's going to be uh, checking it down to uh, uh, Paris Campbell and uh, my boy Naheem Hines, who I, I was actually ecstatic when I saw the River sign there because I th- I think Hines is a very good running back. But then apparently it's it's cool to to shit on Naheem Hines before uh, the season even starts because people are calling him the next uh, Austin Eckler. But I'll 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 get off that soapbox. So. Did you have anything else to add about Paris Campbell? <laughs> no, but talking about the the Indianapolis running backs is it's crazy that Marlon Mack doesn't have a receiving role because he was a receiver in college. I don't no, know if you I, knew that I, or I, not. I wasn't familiar with that. Yeah, he's he was a receiver in college, but he I I I wouldn't be surprised if he only had ten. Oh yeah, he's, this he's year. completely game scripted out of the the uh, the receiving downs. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. I don't understand you, it. You but... th- you think Hines has the, the opportunity to see like five or ten uh, looks every every game this season? I'd I'd give him about probably about seven targets yeah. a game. I'd say. I, I, for, for when you're looking for for help uh, with an RB two, I mean, o- over five five uh, receptions a game for for a running back is is pretty good. In my opinion, so I I, I like uh, Heinz's upside this Definitely. year. Yeah, for for me, I'm targeting Nikhil Harry. So I I love what I saw in college, and last year he starts off on the IR, 
Uh, they're not going to have Tom Brady, and, and Brady is a lot more meticulous with where he puts the ball. I think whoever's playing quarterback, they're going to force feed him targets. Um, I'm looking at his stats from the last year. He had uh, two touchdowns off his 24 targets. So he, between him and Edelman, there's not a lot of other competition. So I think it's safe to say he gets uh, 96 targets, if not more. Um, so those those two touchdowns is I think that's going to end up being closer to eight to ten touchdowns, uh, especially he's just such a such a physical receiver. I, I think he's going to be a red zone guy. And he, towards the end of the year, they made mm-hmm. that trade for Muhammad Sanu. So I think there is still some health stuff that we didn't we didn't know about Nikhil Harry. So they were still rolling out Philip Dorsett and Edelman and Sanu ahead of him. Uh, but he was he was one of the best wide receiver prospects to come into the season. So just because he, he wasn't on the field doesn't mean we should give up on him. Sim- similar to Paris Campbell, he got banged up too. Uh, but these these aren't guys mm-hmm. that you just want to throw the towel in on. But there's a lot of people that are going to be watching the Brandon Ayuk film, the LaVisca Chanel film, um, players that are probably going to go in the early second of rookie dynasties. And I'd, I'd much rather have Nikhil Harry, who's proven that he can – uh, be competitive when he's when he's on the field and a lot of his snaps I think he only had one game um, above 80 percent of the snaps and he did have a touchdown that was against Dallas um, besides that the following weeks I'm looking at 25 percent 58 percent 50 56 so something kept him from being on the field but uh, if there's one thing we know about the Patriots they don't want to look foolish and I think they'd look pretty pretty dang foolish if they take a rookie uh, wide receiver in the first round and then just throw in the towel. So I, I think, I think he's a great uh, target to try to, or target to acquire. I, I agree with that. Uh, one thing with Tom Brady is if you get on his bad side, you stay on his bad side. And I think that that happened to Nikhil Harry. I don't know what he did, but I think he pissed off Tom Brady and Tom Brady was like, I'm, I'm just not going to throw you the ball because when I went, I don't, I don't remember. I think it was week 15, week 14 or 15 when the Patriots played yep, in Cincinnati. Yeah, week, I was at the game. And, yeah, and Nikhil Harry was – I mean, he was absolutely just abusing our corner. It was, I think it was Darquez Denard, which that's not saying a whole lot, but still. He was absolutely abusing uh, Darquez Denard, and Tom Brady just wasn't getting him the ball. And it, it made – it was like almost a con- – you could tell it was almost a conscious decision for for Tom that he wasn't throwing it to, to Nikhil Harry. Like, and it made Tom Brady look like he didn't know what he was doing. But it, it's like things like – small things like that that you see in person that you don't see on TV or in like, like if you're watching the film even. But I think that it doesn't matter who their quarterback is now. They're just going to be throwing the ball to their – whatever receivers open, they don't care. Yep, yeah. it's not and, and I think so. uh, uh, obviously this is all, all speculation, but I, I've heard that the Patriots uh, system is really tough for rookie wide receivers to learn. So it's possible that he, he wasn't picking up on the offense and something like that would definitely piss off your quarterback. So, I mean, even if Nikhil Harry is getting open, but he, he's running the wrong routes or his timing's off or something like that, then th- that could that could definitely be a reason why Tom Brady isn't throwing him the ball. But now that Brady's out of New England, much like our, our talk about C.D. Lamb ending up with the Raiders, um, the Patriots are looking for a new face for that franchise because as beautiful of a man that uh, Edelman is, he, he's probably not going to be 
around uh, much longer either. So I think they're they're going to try to turn uh, Nikhil Harry into, into that next superstar. Yeah, well, and let's not forget that Nikhil Harry had a touchdown stolen in that Kansas City game too. So we'd be looking at a 12% touchdown catch rate instead of the 8% too. So one, one more box to check on why we should be excited about Nikhil Harry and trying to acquire him. Yep. All right. Well, mine is is a little bit of a, a deeper dive. Um, so th- this is a, a player that uh, when it was his time to shine, I I, I blew a lot of my uh, fab on on this guy to to play in uh, in Rico. If you say <laughs> Daryl Henderson, uh, there there's there's uh, too many fools in all my leagues that already had him clogging their bench. There, there's uh, so there's not a- enough fab <laughs> in the world for Daryl Henderson. He's never touching free agency. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd throw $3 at Henderson. But anyways, back back to my very bold take here. In, uh, in week 10, that's when Devontae Freeman got hurt. And uh, I was very excited because in that game against the Saints, uh, Brian Hill got the opportunity, had 20 carries, um, had 60 yards rushing against a very good uh, rush defense. And they were playing in, in New Orleans. Um, he also had a uh, touchdown when they were down in the, the red zone. Um, so a, a lot of people like myself went out, spent their uh, their waiver priority or their fab on, uh, on Brian Hill. Uh, he he complete, completely flopped in weeks 11 and 12. Both games he had less than 10 carries, less than 20 yards. Uh, but then in, in week 13, he had 60 yards and a touchdown. So he had, had an okay game. Um, not to mention that the, the – the Falcons have the worst offensive lines in, in football. Uh, but then week 14, Devontae Freeman came back and was the starter for the rest of the season. So in a, in a pretty small sample size out of those those five weeks when Freeman was hurt, he either had 60 yards um, and or a touchdown in three of those five games. But I was actually pretty impressed by, by what a, a third, third year running back did. So after uh, Devontae Freeman was released from the Falcons, then uh, I, I was looking on, on Sleeper, and uh, Brian Hill was, was the most added player that day because people thought maybe there's a chance he's going to be be the guy. And then as soon as the, the Todd Gurley signing happened, people started dropping Brian Hill right away. So I, I think he's still an RB2 who, who, could, who could get another opportunity if, uh, if Gurley's knee doesn't hold up. So any, uh, any rebuttals out of either of the Sams? Uh, I, I I don't hate Brian Hill. I actually got lucky as I kept Brian Hill on my bench and then I've got Gurley in one league. So when, when he went over to Atlanta, I, I unintentionally locked up that backfield. Uh, so I was, I was excited about that. But uh, yeah, I, I think Hill's going to be a good backup. So if you own Gurley, then it's it's worth rostering him. Uh, but if, if you're not the Gurley owner, which it sounds like you might not be, I'd I'd probably be using that roster space for for a more upside player that hasn't um, kind of kind of failed us um, like like what he did. Yeah, I I have a couple things to add there, but uh, I think that if I wasn't the girly owner, I'd probably be trying to sell to the girly owner because there always is that chance of girly being hurt um, yeah, or getting yeah. hurt. I should say. I guess he's always hurt. That's a good point. But um, do you do you not have any faith in Gurley this year? Um, I I think I think he'll, he'll be fine. I I don't I don't hate Gurley as much as a lot of people do. Um, he's 
he's definitely not that that elite RB one um, that he that he was a couple seasons ago. But I also think uh, talking about Carry um, on Johnson for weeks fourteen through sixteen, I, we saw uh, Todd Gurley get set in in LA a couple a couple of years ago um, when they had already clinched the playoffs. So I, I could see them doing something similar where it's towards the, the end of the regular season, and if the Falcons are in that that playoff hunt, they might start to rest early um, in hopes of using them for the playoffs. So I guess that that's some other ammo I could use to try to sell Brian Hill off to the, the girly owner. Well, if if you're thinking the uh, the Falcons are going into the <laughs> postseason, I, I, I don't know if you've been following free agency, but uh, did, did you know Drew Brees is still with the Saints? <laughs> is, is, is Drew Brees turning 50 this year? Hey, 40, Drew, Drew 41. Is, He's still yeah. younger than TB12. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's he's on unaging, and then TB12, I believe, is also in that division. So, I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying uh, this this season it can be a rebuilding season. So, I think on a one year deal, they can just uh, kind of run Gurley into the yeah, ground. Yeah, I would I would agree there. I think that if being in the in the hunt, they're going to have to be going to win every single game. Because uh, with with Breeze and Brady in the division, they're gonna they're gonna be be hurt for every single win they can get. So, thank you. Yeah, but yeah. but I'm, I'm glad. It sounds like they're. It sounds like Gurley's gonna be hurt by week ten. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I'm glad we brought up Gurley. I think uh, he's a great person that we can kind of compare to uh, rookie picks. You, where would you guys be, be – like, what's the earliest pick you guys would trade for Gurley? I, I'm assuming a top three pick would be out of the question. Would you trade the 104 or the 105 for, for Todd Gurley? I, I think the I think a back end first. So, I, th- I think somewhere around uh, the 110 or 112. So, he's still worth, worth the late first, in my opinion. But I, I, I'd rather take one of these top – um, wide receivers or running backs, and certainly a, a quarterback. That if, if you're talking super flex, so are, are you taking Cam Akers over Todd Gurley? Oh yeah, okay, 100. And Clyde Edwards Hilaire. That that's kind of a, kind of a toss up. Okay, I, I think we'll have to revisit this question after, after the draft is done. I yeah. agree. Yeah, I think we. We've spent so much time talking about landing spot. We need to see where these landing spots are to, to make more uh, well-informed decisions. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, so uh, back, back to Brian Hill. Would you, have, would you rather have Brian Hill or an early fourth-round pick this year? Uh, if, if I'm not the girly owner, give me, give me that fourth-round pick. <laughs> I, if, I, got, I got one for you. Would you rather have Brian Hill or Royce Freeman? Oh, Royce Freeman. Yeah. Yeah. Give me, yeah. Give me Royce. He's got. <laughs> I like Brian Hill. I don't like him that much. <laughs> yeah. Royce Freeman has the draft equity, and and uh, you, you never know what the Broncos might might do if uh, if if they if they trade away Lindsey or something, or both both Lindsey and Gordon have been banged up before too. So I don't think I don't think it's impossible that Royce Freeman finds himself on the field for meaningful touches this year. Right. And then another since we're talking about the Falcons, do you think for, uh Devonta Freeman finds a job? Yeah, I think I think uh Matt Breda will end up going somewhere else and I think it would make sense for him to uh 
do a, a final couple of seasons with, with Shanahan with the 49ers. I really hope not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think Freeman might be that uh Detroit running back that you're that you're uh that you're looking for earlier. Yeah, that, that would make sense too. But um yeah, I, I've actually thought a lot of people want the the Chiefs to draft one of these exciting running backs, but I think they're going to have a little bit of spending money, and they'd probably rather invest that pick somewhere else. So I I've been predicting uh, Matt Breda could actually go to the Chiefs, and I I think he'd be he'd be a dream for Andy Reid. You guys have any thoughts on on Breda since we've spent so much time talking about irrelevant players tonight? <laughs> I I like I like Breda a lot. I think that. I think that an Andy Reid offense is perfect for a running back like Breda. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I don't. I, I, I he would just probably play until he got hurt, and he plays hurt, so he'd probably continue to play while he was hurt. So he he would. I think he'd be a a top eight wide, uh, running back if he was in that system. Yeah, I, I think I've uh, I, I've figured out tonight that uh anytime a running back gets brought up and you you don't have have a, a very strong take you just need to say a landing landing place so i'm just gonna say a landing place depending on, on where he lands <laughs> and then i think he, he might you might have a good 20 right. season i yeah and going back to devonta freeman i for some reason i have a i have a gut feeling that he's gonna take that peyton barber role and go down to tampa bay and be that be that running back for for Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? Your if uh, that happened, what what do you think that does to your boy Ronald uh, Jones? He, uh, I think I think uh, I think Ronald Jones would still prevail. He, he's got he's got good he's got he's good got knees. good knees, but he can't pass protect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think I think uh, I uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, Tom Brady was asking for his his teammates' phone numbers, so I, th- I think he's gonna have a couple of uh, father son talks with Ronald Jones about his pass protection. <laughs> All right, well, you got well, you got anything else planned uh, for us, Tom? Well, I was gonna say maybe we should uh, take this this uh, first uh, threesome show full circle. Uh, we'll we'll uh, go back to the, the beginning, uh, talking about um, Derek Carr. So, uh, who do you guys think will be the starting quarterback for the um, the Las Vegas uh, Las Vegas Raiders uh, Week Seventeen next season? Uh, week Seventeen, they might be trying out the the rookie that they draft to see to see what they have. Nathan Peterman, uh, number eight, or yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. No, I think, yep. I think it's it's hard to imagine that team having a winning record after week ten, so I think that's where they they flip the switch, if not sooner, and put Mariota in there, and I I think once they make that that uh, decision that they're they're going to finish up off the year with him as the starter, so I, I'd imagine Mariota finishes week seventeen if he's if he is healthy too. How about you, Bengals, Sam? I wouldn't be surprised if it's neither of them. If it's – and it's not a rookie. I think Cam Newton's still looking for a spot. There's there's all kinds of – there's backup. So, so are you take, taking the, the easy way out and saying landing spot? No, right no, now? no. That's not landing spot. You asked me about a team. 
<laughs> but yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Andy Dalton ends up there. To be honest, I, I think Andy Dalton would be the best, best fit out, out of those three quarterbacks. But I, I asked about um, who, who the starters are going to be because uh, Marcus Mariota was asked about um, playing for the Raiders. And he said, first and foremost, this is Derek's team, and I understand that. So I think I think I think Marcus Mariota is uh, very poised and knows exactly um, what he's supposed to say with the media. So I think he's just kind of biding his time, and I I, I think he will be the starter if, if I had to, to guess by by the end of next. I season. think that 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 Tannehill said something similar to that when he was signed with Tennessee, and I think that he's just taking a page out of Tannehill's playbook and he think he's trying to do the same thing that Tannehill did. So, so did, uh, did Mariota just go back a couple months ago into the, uh, the preseason of the Titans and see everything that, uh, the Tannehill was saying. And now he's just, maybe, maybe that's it. what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't you though? I think, I think we're onto something. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Well, this has been fun guys. Uh, I, we didn't plan anything for the baby monitor. Uh, but do you guys want to throw out any any rookies that you guys are keeping an eye on that you're hoping to get uh, with those late second, early third round picks? Um, I, I'll I'll let you guys go ahead. I'll I'll take a take a peek here and see if I can come I'll, up with one. Okay, I'll give you one you got that some, somebody said? that last last week when you guys were talking about your the the draft um, hot takes who I was thinking I was seeing about a month and a half ago, like right around the time that they were doing the practice for the senior ball is a wide receiver that stood out to me was uh, Denzel Mims from Baylor. At the time he was like a seventh round projected seventh round guy. And now they're projecting yep. him back of the first top of the second. So it's not a hot take anymore, but that's what I was going to say back then. And I think that he, he is so, such a like he ran a four four three seven or four three eight and he's a big bodied receiver so he's fast and big and his his catch radius is is pretty pretty significant and so I think that he's a guy that not many fantasy players are talking about but a lot of NFL teams are talking about. Yeah, I, I was surprised to see. I, I probably saw the same uh, projection uh, that, that that you saw, uh, but. A lot of people think that he might be going to the Packers at the back of the first, uh, which which surprised me. So now that they they added uh, Devin Funches, oh, do you think that changes it at all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think that they go wide receiver first round now. I think that they. I don't know what they do. They they might go quarterback and try and groom something someone behind Aaron Rodgers, but. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. They they showed, and I mean, Tom and I are both Vikings fans, so we don't want to give the Packers too much credit. Um, but their defense really showed up for them last year, for sure. And their offense was able to put up points uh, without Rodgers having to put the team on its back. So both Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones were really productive. So, yeah, that that's a good point. I think they're one of the true wild card teams that, uh, who knows, maybe they could. Uh, reach and and take a early tight end in the in the first round if they want to try to sure up that position. That that's something that they've never been able to hit on. Uh, otherwise, a wide receiver if they want to make Rodgers happy. Uh, but I I don't think 
uh, giving Rodgers all the passing weapons is really their priority. I think they want to kind of change the culture there. And who, who knows? Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see who uh, who they pick if they do get a skill position guy. But uh, for my baby monitor, I'm keeping an eye on Lamical P. Ryan. Okay, yeah. um, so he was he's coming from Florida. Um, he was uh, we, we we just had had a had a twin moment because I was going to be the guy I was about to talk about. Okay, well you you, you go ahead and just find somebody else now. <laughs> said, I'm just going to say he's the next James White before you say it. Okay, well I wasn't going to say anything about uh, receiving, uh, but yeah he he had uh, the 40 receptions last year, but he's he did play four years, so that's always a little concerning with. Uh, college production, oh. you'd like to see him be an early declare. Uh, but his his uh, true freshman and sophomore season, he averaged over four catches or four yards per, per carry. And uh, 2018 and 2019, he averaged over six and over five uh, yards per carry. So I think he could come in and be a productive guy. And if he lands on a team like Atlanta behind Gurley, or if he, he goes to the Bucks where uh, Brady could throw him the ball, uh, I, I think he could. He, we're, we keep talking about landing spot, but it, he could he could land in a couple of systems where he, he'd have a chance to make an impact right away. Yeah, I mean, like I said, that was going to be the the guy I was going to talk about. So, well, I'll, well, I always go back to the, the landing spot and, and draft capital. If if somebody takes him in the, the third or fourth round, then I I think he'll actually have have a legitimate shot. So, I I, I like the pick. Cool. All right. Well, this has been fun. Uh, you guys want to get us out of here on on anything else? You guys, you, Sam, what are you doing for workouts these days besides uh, building a, a bar? Well, well, you can't do much. Can't go to the gym. You got to just do push ups and sit ups, like you've been saying. But that's the other thing I got to build. I got to build a pull up pull up rack or something in my barn because I need a gym. All right, nice. And you can use that before you use the bar every day, then too. Right. So, you go work out. Like do some do some pull ups. And then walk over to the bar and just – it's way more efficient that way. Yeah, nice. Uh, sounds like you got the, the perfect uh, quarantine setup <laughs> yeah. over there. Cool. Well, Tom, you want to get us out of here unless you got anything else to add? Sure. Yeah, I mean, this this, this has been great. I'm uh, on uh, hour 37 of 72, uh, working three days straight at the firehouse. So I appreciate you guys taking the time to, to chat with me while I'm, I'm isolated in this uh this firehouse so until uh next time which might be yeah so i was gonna say we might have to do another one tomorrow night (laughs) yeah (laughs) so enjoy your uh your quarantine and keep it flexy so i think i think sam has officially ended our call i think you did too (laughs) but it it was it was nice chatting with sam Sam. maybe maybe we'll, we'll work out some uh some uh, some trades pretty soon here. I don't know about you, but I'm 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 getting uh pretty pretty antsy about this uh, upcoming draft. I am so, too. And there's and, and pre- there's no sports or nothing to do, so we can, all you got to do is sit there and look at your fantasy teams. Yeah, I, I was hoping that there would be some trades in this uh, 14 man league that other people are doing, just so I can I can judge people. But there hasn't been anything done well, yet. Well, we might <laughs> have to make something happen. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll try to get the ball rolling, get some other people more involved. All right. Sounds good. So, yeah. Good job with you. Bye. Later.